I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Editing Podcast. So in episode four, we talked about how much editing might cost and we offered you some ballpark figures. But this week, we're going to give you some ideas about how to save money. Hey, everyone loves tips on saving money. And we're also going to talk about the order of play because getting things in the right order will save you money and time. It certainly will. So we're going to break this down into stages. First of all, we'll talk about general money saving tips and the order of play. And then we'll look at things you can do with each level of editing. First of all, if you haven't listened to episode one, that might be really useful because that's where we introduce the various stages of editing and how we define them. And we're also going to place a stack of links to resources that will help you with this in the show notes. Yeah. So let's start with the order of play. Do your story level editing or developmental structural work before the sentence level work. There's a great quote from Jane Friedman on this issue. She says, never hire a copy editor until you're confident your book doesn't require a higher level of editing first. That would be like painting the walls of your house right before tearing them down. I think that's such great advice. Yeah, I think she's nailed it because imagine what happens if you get your proofreading or copy editing done and those people point out plot holes or illogical structure. You could end up having to rewrite bits or move something around and that new text won't have been through the sentence level mill. So if you're struggling with grammar or punctuation, you could end up with chunks of your writing where there's been no quality control. Plus, even if you're just moving things around, every change means there's a chance of introducing errors every every single time. So make sure you do the right kind of editing at the right time. Um, The next thing is to think about who else you can call on. So maybe there are friends or family members and writer buddies you can ask to help you. Though obviously you do need people who have the necessary language and storycraft skills. So Some writers body up with critique partners, for example. Yeah, and you do need to be a bit careful with the people who know you, don't you? Mm. Because sometimes our mums and our besties, they tell us what we want to hear rather than what we really need to hear. And that's where writing groups can be helpful. You want objective feedback in a supportive environment. Yeah, that's so true. Those that love us don't want to hurt us. So you you need people who are going to be honest with you about what the problems are and who are going to tell you the truth, even, even if it does hurt a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So the next thing you can do is to plan ahead. This is the best way I can think of to avoid premium fees for rush work. Mm, mm. Start sourcing your editor several months before you need them, because that will give you a chance to find the right editor to fit your needs and your budget. So don't wait until you've typed the end and cracked open the champagne before starting (laughs) your search. (laughs) Definitely. You don't want to end up hiring someone out of desperation. A bad fit editor will not save you money. Either the skills will be wrong or they won't be in tune with your writing. Yeah. And to get that good fit, ask for sample edits while you're getting quotes. We discussed sample edits back in episode six. So have a listen to that if you haven't done so already. And the benefit of a sample edit is that you can compare the work of several different editors. You can see what they're charging and get a sense of how those fees make you feel when you set it against the sample. And bear in mind that some editors do charge a small fee for samples to cover the couple of hours that they devote to the project. I think that feel thing is really important because Mm. you might decide that an editor who's a little bit more expensive makes a 
big difference to your writing and that they're worth the additional cost because they really get you. Absolutely, yeah. Let's focus now on developmental editing and the things you can do specifically to save money on that. Why don't you kick off, Louise, and talk about some examples from fiction? Yeah, so I'd say, first of all, invest some time in honing your story craft, that big picture stuff. Yes, there are some great online and on-site classes you can take, but they can be really expensive. Um, mm-hmm. but there are some great books and a ton of free blog articles that offer tips on story level editing too. Um, so just to mention three of the books um, that I really rate, uh, the first one is How Not to Write a Novel by Howard Middlemark, Howard Middlemark and Sandra Newman. The second is Beth, Beth Hill's The Magic of Fiction. And the third is Right to be Published by Nicola Morgan. Mm. Um, another option is to pay for a critique rather than commissioning a full developmental edit. So they're significantly cheaper, several hundred pounds rather than several thousand. And that kind of evaluation can really help you identify what works and what doesn't in your novel so that you can make the adjustments yourself before before you go any deeper into sentence level editing. So how about for non-fiction editing, Denise? Well, in non-fiction, a developmental editor can really help you to shape your book, especially if you don't have much experience in writing. Quite often in non-fiction, people have a great idea. It's maybe something they've developed through their work, um, Mm. but they don't have much of a sense of how to shape and structure a book. So getting that right from the beginning can really um, save time and money. And a developmental editor can explore and refine your topic with you, uh, your main concepts and how they relate to each other. And that can really help bring you clarity about the actual message Mm. of your book and its structure. And it stops you from getting bogged down in the detail too much too soon. Yeah, so let's talk about options for saving money online editing. So again, you can hone your sentence level skills by using books and courses and writing groups, but some editors offer mini line edits for this stage of editing too. Yep, I do this for fiction work. So what I do is I offer a line by line edit on several chapters, usually around, say, 10,000 words. And then I create a report on the sentence level problems with the text with recommendations for fixing them. And so I usually give some I'll usually pull some examples out of the text so that um, mm-hmm. people can actually see in the report rather than having to, to see every, look at every single change I've made. They can actually just read the report and see the kind of problems I'm talking about. But right. they've still got that 10,000 words that I've actually line edited. Mm-hmm. And then they can look at what I've done with the text and then read the advice in the report and mimic what I've done. Yeah, I think that that sort of service must be particularly useful for beginner novelists who who they maybe already know they're prone to overwriting. Mm. Um, and I think it could be really yeah. helpful in you know stopping that earlier on in the process, really, and helping them to sort of hone that skill. It's not something I offer for my nonfiction clients, but I can see how it could be helpful for them. Yeah. Okay, then let's turn to saving money on copy editing and proofreading. So the first thing I'd say is spend some time learning how to use Word's amazing onboard tools and also macros and add-ins. So, for example, if you can make sure you have a solid understanding of how to use Word's styles to format the various elements of your book consistently, your copy editor won't have to. And that's going to save them time, which means they can reduce your bill. If you create a style sheet too, your editor won't have to, and they could use yours instead. Again, that's going to save them time. We covered style sheets in episode seven, so again, might be worth you revisiting it if you need a bit more guidance on that front. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, another great tool in Word is find and replace. You can mm. remove a whole bunch of nasties with that, like double spaces, spaces at the beginning and end of lines that shouldn't be there. Um, there's just loads of stuff in Word. And let's not forget it's spell check. Now, I, I know that Word spell check isn't foolproof. And I've seen plenty of discussions online with editors <laughs> yes. berating the, the quality of um, uh, Word's spell check. But... Mm. Um, it's a start, isn't it? And it's yeah. free. And the yeah. thing about Word is that despite its glitches, it really still is the best word processing software on the planet. It yeah, really is. It really is, yeah. And just to go back to the find replace, um, I think a word of caution is required here um, in that I would not recommend a global replace all. I'm Good sure point. you would agree Good with point. that. Good yeah. Point. Yeah. Um, yeah. One that by one. One by one, step through the changes one by one. It's very tempting to hit that replace all, but it can really mess things up. If you haven't thought through all the consequences, you can get some unintended, terrible howlers if you don't read it very carefully. So just a word to the wise there, um, one at a time. So another reason um, that we love Word is that there are so many compatible free plugins like macros. Uh, we both use a macro called Compare Word List that highlights what we call confusables. Uh, these are words that sound the same, but they're spelled differently or words that are spelled similarly, but mean very different things. And these are all flagged up when we uh, run this macro. And another favourite is Proper Nounalize which shows you how to create a list of proper noun spellings and then compare them. I mean, I've lost count of the number of times I've found inconsistencies in, for example, cited author names in non-fiction mm, work. Yep, yep. Um, so, for example, you might have Habermas spelt two ways with one S or with two. Um, and it really picks these things up that you might not notice in a large text where maybe the name's only mentioned twice and yeah. spelt differently each time. I love that too. Um, for me, that's a, a superb tool for fiction work because it spots when place names or character names show up differently. So yeah. when the author spelled um, Catherine with a K or with a C, um, just a great consistency checking tool. Another great tool for sentence level checking is Textat. Do you, do you use that? No, I don't. Although I've heard you singing its praises so often that I really should investigate it, I think. <laughs> so it's a free piece of software that actually wasn't created with the editor or writer in mind. It was designed for linguists and people oh, doing right. and people doing discourse analysis to help mm -hmm. them analyse word frequency and concordance. So what it does is generate very quickly simple alphabetised word lists and you can skim through them and compare any differences in spelling. Yeah, I really must check that out. I recommend it, yeah. Yeah. So are we going to talk about the consistency checking tool that is beloved of all editors here? Or shall we save it for an editing bite at the end? I really want it as my bite. I'm talking about the P word and I haven't met an editor yet who doesn't just love it. That's such a good bite. I really wanted that as my bite. Okay, you talk about that here. Ah, yes. Uh, okay. So my not an editing bite is perfect it. Oh, I know. Heart eyes perfect it. <laughs> now, perfect it isn't free, but it is a fantastic piece of consistency checking software. It looks at hyphenation, capitalization, abbreviations, numerals in sentences, list punctuation, and a 
whole load of other stuff. It saves so much time and you can import and develop style sheets in it to tailor the checking it does to your specific needs. Perfectit was developed by Daniel Human at Intelligent Editing and all editors are eternally grateful to him for it. <laughs> we are, we are. Oh, yeah, it just adds a whole other level of quality control to writing uh, to complement the writers and the editor's eye. And really, really quickly, I honestly can't imagine working with text without Perfect It. Me neither. Yeah. So anyway, just in case you think you've accidentally tuned into the Perfect It fan club podcast... <laughs> get back to editing bites proper yeah. so editing bites is a weekly feature where me and denise each give you a recommended tool or resource so this week um i'm going to offer a proofreading checklist it's called how to check page proofs like a pro and there's a link to it in the show notes and it basically covers all the things you need to look out for if you're checking designed page proofs so not just spelling inconsistencies but also the chronology of page numbers the positioning of new chapters the consistency of and uh, of heading styles spacing issues the size of margins loads of stuff and it's six pages of a4 so i think i've covered everything i think you must have over that yeah i'm sure you have yeah so denise what's your bite your other bite should my I other bite okay so my other bite is actually a facebook group it's called ask a book editor and it's run by colleagues of ours kia thomas sonnet fitzgerald richard bradburn and sarah burton this is a group that's been formed by editors who want writers to receive knowledgeable answers to their writing questions you can post questions about the writing process and have them answered by an editor and usually several editors will chip in with their perspective so you get the benefit of lots of different editors experience that's a great bite so that's all for this week um thank you so much for listening to the editing podcast again um you can rate and review and subscribe by your podcatcher and don't forget to share 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 tell your writer friends your editor friends your business friends basically anyone who writes and if you have any questions about how to save money on editing please do get in touch with us via the editing podcast facebook page if you ask us we promise we'll answer and we've put the links to everything we've mentioned in the show notes so you can grab everything there Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.